Okay, at the beginning of the year, we started a new series, take a topic and talk about it for multiple weeks. This new series is Pre-Decide, Better Choice, Choices, Better Life. Today's topic is Unconsistent. Anybody recognize the voice on the video? <laughs> yeah, it's Robin. Josh made this video, and, and Robin did the, the audio for it. She was in the first service uh, this morning. Anyway, all right, so... We're trying to find out some keys to living a better life, uh, making better choices, a uh, more successful life, we might put it that way. So what is one of the keys to being successful or accomplishing your goals in life? It's not that you've got more money or that you're smarter, uh, not that the things might not help. Um, I would suggest to you that the, one of the most important character qualities you and I can have to be successful or accomplish our goals in life is to be consistent. Now the problem is most of us are going to say, but I'm not consistent. I don't consistently uh, follow a diet, uh, exercise program, uh, devotional program. I'm not consistent in attending church. I'm not consistent, consistent in going to a small group. I'm not consistent in, in uh, you know, being the husband I should be or the parent I should be or whatever it might be. So that's our dilemma, isn't it? That we aren't as consistent as we would like to be. So, we're going to talk today about how to grow in consistency. Now, I'll give you a personal example. I um, have been in physical therapy lately. I've got some joint <laughs> pain and other issues, and so I've been in physical therapy. And if you've been in physical therapy, you go for an hour or whatever, 45 minutes, but they give you exercises to do when you go home, right? You can't get all your work done in that little time you're, you're there. And so, I've I don't know, I went about six weeks. Now, I'll give you some of my excuses, okay? Uh, every time I went, they would give me a different set of <laughs> exercises. And eventually, there was a lot of them. And they said, well, some of them are repetitious. You don't have to do them all. Well, which ones are repetitious? All right, I'm not the therapist. You are. Another thing is, I'll, I'll do them for a while, and sometimes they seem to make me worse. So I don't want to be worse and be in more pain. So I use that as an excuse also. But I just can't get into a routine and be consistent. And I'm not in, I finished my physical therapy now, so it's all on me to do these exercises consistently. So I have this battle, right? Um, I, 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 I need to do these. They, they should make my life better, but I'm just not consistently doing them. Now, if you can relate to that, you can also relate to probably one of the most spiritual godly people that ever lived, and that's Apostle Paul. And some of you are familiar, in chapter 7 of Romans, he describes this exact issue. And so we're going to read a couple of his verses, see if you can relate. I don't really understand myself. Anybody been there? <laughs> I want to do what's right. Hopefully you and I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. I don't do it consistently. Instead, I actually do what I don't want to do, or what I hate. So he's saying, okay, we're talking about pre-decisions. You know, I can make decisions, but my actions don't follow those decisions, or they might even be contrary to those decisions. I don't understand myself. A couple more uh, verses down, he says this, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I have this part of me that, that doesn't want to do good, that wants to do wrong. We call it sin, right? I want to do what right, but now it's even a little stronger. He says, I can't. I, I, I just can't. 
I want to, but I can't. I can't be trusted to do what I know is best for me to do, to make me successful, to make my life better. I can't be trusted. And then one more verse, he said this. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Now, I'd ask you if you could relate, but I would pretty much assume everybody can relate to that, right? Good intentions aren't enough, right? What's that expression? Good in, uh, road to hell is paid with good intentions. So good intentions obviously aren't enough. We all have good intentions. So we're going to talk about consistency, or I'm going to call it the power of consistency. There's great power in our ability for us to be consistent about the good things in our life. So a little bit of review for uh, the new folks, or you haven't been here, or you can catch up on online if you want to watch the previous messages. Uh, the quality, quality of, excuse me, of your decisions, my decisions, determine the quality of your life. You make good decisions, your life's going to be better. You and I make, when we make bad decisions, our life is not as good. Or we suffer consequences for our bad decisions. So this is a pretty big deal, right? We also said it this way. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. We make decisions about our health. And eventually our health is either going to be better or suffer for those decisions, finances, relationships, whatever it might be. The problem is we're not really good decision makers, are we? At least not all the time. We just make bad decisions sometimes. And so we're trying to say we're more likely to make bad decisions under the pressure of the moment than if we've made these decisions ahead of time, as we've been saying, based on our values. Well, based on my values, I'm going to decide ahead of time, when this happens, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this decision, right? So we're calling this the power of pre-deciding. And we've got kind of a fill-in we're going to use each week. And uh, it's when faced with whatever. Now, last week we talked about when we're faced with temptation, when the devil is attacking us, whatever. I have pre-decided to be, what was the word we used last week? Ready. Somebody remembers. All right. I'm going to be ready. What do we mean by ready? And we gave you kind of three, three things to help you be ready. Anybody remember any of those? No, that's a lot to ask. <laughs> First one starts with a M. We're not, they're not on the screen. Let's <laughs> uh, see if I can remember. Uh, move the line. That was the first one, remember? If temptation's here, rather than just kind of staying as close as we can without crossing line, we're more likely to resist it if there's some distance between us, right? <clears throat> All right. Second one also starts with M. Anybody remember? Magnify the cost. Magnify the consequences. All right. If I do this, am I going to... Uh, hurt my health? Am I going to hurt my finances? Am I going to hurt this relationship? In fact, we got a place where I could lose my job or I could lose my health, I could lose my spouse or lose my family uh, or whatever it might be. And the third thing was, we used Joseph as an example, plan for your escape. All right? So I know eventually I'm going to get this kind of temptation. I've got it in the past. I'm going to get it in the future. Satan knows my weaknesses. So I'm going to have a plan ahead of time. When the temptation comes, I'm going to do this. And in, in Joseph's case, uh, uh, his boss's wife tried to seduce him, and he ran the other way, right? That was his plan of escape. So why does this all matter? Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, determines our success or failure in life to a big, a 
big degree. It's not original with me. Probably most of you have heard this before. Successful people do what? They do things consistently what other people just do occasionally. They do these things that results in them being successful because they do them consistently. And others of us don't. Now we're going to look at a guy from the Old Testament, a guy by the name of Daniel. Let me give you a little bit of background on Daniel. Daniel was uh, a Jewish person from Israel, but this was during the, the captivity of the Israelites by the Babylonians. And so the, there was three, history tells us there was three times that the Babylonians came to Israel and carried off usually the smartest and the brightest uh, to Babylon. And uh, we believe Daniel was in the second one, and it was about 605 B.C. And uh, they tried to take like 12-year-old young bright men, and they put them into a, like a school, a program. They would indoctrinate them with the ways that Babylonians operate. Now, they were a powerful country at this time, a uh, nation. And so they were training up young people to carry on the administration of their government. And Daniel was one of those bright ones that got recruited, all right? And eventually, he was part of the government, and he was very successful. And we read the whole text. Uh, eventually got to be one of the top three people under the king, King Darius, in the government. So under the king, there's these three guys, and one of them is Daniel. And scholars tell us he's probably about 80 years old at this time, so pretty much near the end of the captivity. And so, the king was thinking of putting him above everybody. King, Daniel, everybody else. All right. Now, if you're these other leaders, those two that were equal to him, and then the next layer of leadership, how are you going to feel about this foreigner, this Jew, being promoted to be in the highest place in the government? Not too happy, right? All right. So that's where we're going to pick up the story. Then the other administrators and high officials began searching for some fault in Daniel's way of handling government affairs. All right. So they can figure out, you know, he's messing up here, he's, you know, siphoning money off here, whatever it might be. We can find some flaw in here, and then we can get rid of Daniel, and then one of us will be promoted, right? But, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't you love to have somebody say, I can't find anything. To... Your boss, for example, where you work, you know, you got your review and they said, oh, you're good. Can't find anything to condemn or criticize or, or suggest you improve on. That was Daniel's situation. Now, it's described as having these three character qualities. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. And that sounds like consistency to me. Does it sound like that to you? I'd love to have that said about you. Oh, you're faithful, Pastor. You're always responsible. You're completely trustworthy. I don't think anybody's ever said that to me. But anyway, be nice to hear. So you need consistency to be described that way, don't you? And so, these guys just give up? No, they don't give up. And politics has always been kind of a <laughs> dirty, dirty game, right? So he said, okay, he does his job so well, we can't find any fault in him. Where can we attack him? Where can we find fault with him? He said, well, he's got this weird religion. He's Jewish. Right? Maybe we can find something in that area. And they came up with this brilliant idea, all right? 
let's go to the king, King Darius, and basically say, hey, king, you're so great, you're like a god. Why don't you pass a law saying that everybody can't worship any other god but you for the next 30 days? And Darius, ego was such that he said, I think that's a good idea. And so he passes this law, and it, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, even he, the king, couldn't change it after he signed it. Now, the penalty for breaking this law wasn't insignificant. In fact, the penalty was you were thrown into a lion's den. So basically it was execution. So you either worship the king and no other god for the next 30 days, or you're going to be executed. All right? Um, so, what's Daniel going to do? What would you and I do? Yeah, tough one, right? So the text goes on. We'll skip down. The text goes on. He says this. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as what? Usual. Consistent, right? In his upstairs room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day just, what's it say next? Just as he always had always done. Pure consistency, right? Passed the law, didn't have a law, didn't matter to me. I've, you know, for the last 50 years maybe, I've been praying three times a day, and I'm still going to keep praying, giving thanks to God. So he pursued God three times a day, every day for years and years and years, and he was going to continue to pursue God, independent of this law, even at a threat of his life. Now, this is a word we don't, most of us don't like, but it's the word discipline. He was extremely disciplined, right? That's what consistency is about, being disciplined. And so, what did the leaders do? They came to check it out. They evidently knew he did this. They said, okay, did he stop because of the law? They go and check it out, and he, he, he's still praying. They run to King Darius and say, um, you passed this law, and, you know, this, this guy that you really favor in, our, in the government by the name of Daniel, he's praying to his God. Um, so what are you going to do, king? Now, the king liked Daniel, obviously, and so he was heartbroken. He didn't know what to do. I can't change the law. So the day, uh, as the day progresses, he tries to find some answer, some solution, some way around this, and he can't. So the people come back at the end of the day and say, okay, go ahead and arrest Daniel and throw him in the lion's den. That's what they do, right? And the king's all upset. Um, it says he doesn't eat. He doesn't have his evening entertainment, and he doesn't even sleep that night. And so, first thing in the morning, what's he do? He runs to the lion's den and says, Daniel, Daniel, did your God save you? And Daniel says, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and he lets him out. In fact, you can read that part of the text. The king was overjoyed in order that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. Why? For he had trusted in his God. I got to think about this, folks. You and I are Jesus followers. If you're not, some of these principles, I think, will be really helpful to you anyway. But as a Jesus follower, you and I are basically untouchable. You realize that? Satan can't do anything to us that God doesn't allow him to do. No. God allows temptation. <laughs> and you and I give in to it. But you and I are untouchable because we worship an all-powerful God, Right? So let me ask you a question. When did Daniel learn to trust God? Oh, I better learn to trust God. I'm in a lion's den. No, no, no. He learned way before this, didn't he? I put it on your outline. 
His faith was built in the battle on his knees. Three times a day, day after day, week after week, month after month. Just like physical muscles are built with consistency and repetition, so is spiritual muscle or, or faith. So, how do we grow in our consistency? I'm going to try and make this really practical again for you folks and myself. Three principles. Number one, start with the why. Whatever you want to be consistent in, why do you want to be consistent in it? Simple question, right? Oh, it's just a good idea? Or I think it would be a good idea? Or do you have a driving purpose or reason for whatever it is? Whether it's health-related, financially related, relationship-related with other people, relationship with God, right? Why? Maybe you started reading your Bible at the beginning of the year. Uh, New Year's resolutions, you know. Um, whatever it might be. Why? Yeah, well, I think it'll make me a better person. Well, that's not a strong enough why to keep going. A lot of things will make you and I a better, a better person. Doesn't mean I'm going to do them. So why did Daniel pray consistency? Consistently. Because he was a religious person? Well, as a Jew, I'm supposed to pray three times a day. Uh, I think the Muslims pray at least three times a day, don't they? Um, no, it wasn't a religious thing to him. I would suggest to you it was born out of devotion. He had a personal relationship with Almighty God. He wanted to hang out with him. He wanted to spend time with him. He wanted to talk with him and have God talk to him. And this, is, this was a great benefit to his life. And he wouldn't want to go with on without it. And so consequently, he was consistent. So, on the other hand, inconsistency is the result I'm going to call desire rather than devotion. You know, I would desire to lose some weight. I would desire to uh, build some muscle. I would desire to, you know, theoretically spend time with God. I would desire to uh, improve my relationship with my spouse or my kids. You know, take, there's lots of things I can do to do that. One way you can tell if it's a desire, not a devotion, is if you wait till January 1st to start. I'm telling somebody in my small group. Actually, I'm in two small groups. Um, coming up in January 20-something is one-year anniversary she changed her diet. She became vegetarian, like her husband. Might figure out who it is. Anyway, um, when she realized she needed to do that, if it was on January 20-something, she didn't wait 11-plus months to start till January 1st, did she? Uh, most of you know I'm, I'm vegan like my wife. And I did some research and came to this conclusion I'd like to do that. And it was like in March, like six years ago. So I discovered, decided this in March. I didn't wait all the way to January again before I started changing my diet. These physical therapy exercises, I've been in physical therapy for a couple months, so I started doing them a couple months ago. I'm not consistent, but I started because I was aware of the fact that these, I needed to do these. So we, we have lots of desires, you know, like I said, I'd like to be a better person, better house, uh, husband, better whatever, better employee, better Christian. But is it my why important enough? So the why moves us from desire to devotion. It goes from a want to to I have to. If I want to be healthy, I've got to eat this way. If I want to have a 
good relationship with God, I've got to spend time with God, whatever it might be. Now, our problem is our willpower isn't always runs out, right? It does. I determine I'm going to do this, and then eventually I don't do it. So I put it on your outline this way. It's not really willpower, because I call it will weakness, because eventually it wears out. But it's why power. When you have a driving why, you'll do it. Now, again, with God's help. If you're not a Jesus follower, you know, you can do it on your own. But it's especially important for us Jesus followers to have God's help. Uh, also on your outline, when you know your why, and you find a way, you, you do. You just you do it. You find a way to do it. When before you couldn't or other people can't, but you can. And again, all this is based on our values. When your values are clear, what you really think is right or wrong, what you really need to do or what you don't need to do, when they are clear, decisions become much easier. So what are you devoted to? One way you can check that out is how you spend your time. Now, some of you are football fans. You're going to spend a lot of time this weekend doing what? Watching football games, which I think is perfectly fine if that's what, what you want to do. But what are you devoted to? Where do you spend time to? What are you going to make sure you don't miss? Values, based on your values. So, start with a clear, important why. Secondly, this is kind of counterintuitive, but it, I think it'll make sense. Plan to fail. Plan to fail. Now, let me ask you something. Daniel said he prayed three times a day for years and years and years. You think he ever missed one of those three times? Who thinks he missed one? Everybody should have their hands up. You know why? Why do I know he missed one? Because he was human, just like me. Nobody can be that consistent. Maybe somebody kept him from doing it. What wasn't even his fault? Plan to fail. See, being consistent isn't the same as being perfect. And we get those things confused, and that's often what destroys our, our goals. We have this all-or-nothing attitude. So, I'm going to start reading my Bible at the beginning of the year. I'm going to read it every day. And all of a sudden, what's it? I think the statistic says 90% of New Year's resolutions are broke by the beginning of February. And what happens is often is you miss one. You eat something you shouldn't eat, you miss exercising, you miss reading your Bible, whatever. And so since you have this all-or-nothing attitude, then you, then you quit, you give up. Well, let me ask you a question. Does praying, if Daniel prays uh, 21 times in a week and he misses one, don't you think it's better to pray 20 times than to not pray at all? Yeah, it makes perfectly sense. I tell people, if you're reading the Bible and you're trying to read it through in a year, for example, and you start getting behind, people stop. Okay, maybe it takes you two years to get through that's perfectly fine. That's an artificial uh, goal anyway. So the way experts say it is this. Give yourself permission to fail. Not fail completely, but fail temporarily. Whatever that system you set up. I came across this. I thought this was helpful. Keep it simple. Keep it short. So especially like exercising. If I've got so many exercises, and it's confusing to me, and, and it's going to take a long time. Guess what? I'm not going to keep doing them, right? So I simplify them. It's not too time-consuming. I'm much more likely to do it. 
And if you miss one day, just don't miss two days. Now, you have to start, obviously. Came across this uh, guy talking about um, martial arts. I don't know if anybody does martial arts. Um, Josh and Mike, and when they were little and we were in Portugal, they were doing judo. <clears throat> anyway, you get these belts. Now, we all know about black belts. You know, everybody wants to get a black belt. Who knows what the first belt is? Anybody do martial arts? What's the first color? White. Yeah, it's white. Okay. So one day this guy comes to his teacher and he says, all right, what's the hardest belt to get? And he's going to think, oh, it's going to say be the black belt, right? It's going to be the hardest. Teacher, you know what the teacher said? said, it's the white belt. Because you only through consistency can you ever get the white belt. He says, a black belt is just a white belt that's been consistent. So consistency, not perfection. Diet people will tell you, okay, uh, treat yourself. You say, I'm not eating desserts anymore. Well, well, once a week, treat yourself to a dessert. You're much more likely to stay on that diet that way than as soon as you, you know, go off your diet, you stop. So plan to fail. Start with the why, plan to fail. And this third one is so important. Fall in love with the process. Put on your outline. Mistake is making uh, being obsessed about the goal. All right, here's an example of reading your Bible in a year. Um, okay, I, 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 you know, by the end of January, I'm so far behind, I'm not going to finish in a year, so I quit. Because you're obsessing about the goal. You're not uh, uh, focusing on the process. You're not focused on how good reading, reading Scripture is to feed your soul. That's still good. Now, pretty hard goal for a lot of people to read the Bible through in a year. So I got to thinking, what about the New Testament? So I, I looked. Who, who knows how many chapters are in the New Testament? I didn't know this. I looked it up. Google it, right? There's over 900 chapters in the Old Testament. But the Old Testament's three quarters of the Bible. So there's 260 chapters. So I got to thinking, dividing that up, you'd have to just read maybe five chapters a week. You could read it five, a chapter five times out of seven days. Well, that seems pretty easy to do. And it'd probably only take you five minutes. But the benefit of reading that chapter when you read it, enjoy the journey, as they say. Benefit from the process. If I'm consistent, I will make progress, right? You consistently work out, you're going to make progress. You consistently change anything on your life, you're going to make progress. So consistency is the key. So on your outline, we're not successful when we achieve the goal. Off there in the future. You're determining success by the day. We are successful when we honor God today. When we pre-decide we're going to do this, we pre-decide we're going to do that. Again, the key is with God's help. With God's help, I'm going to be consistent. Because what did Paul say? I don't really understand myself, right? I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Now, if you read that portion of Romans chapter 7, it gets pretty depressing, doesn't it? One reason, because it's true. And for me, because it's true for me, right? So what's he say at the end? Does he just say, okay, we're all going to be miserable? 
Well, he says he's miserable because of this situation. Skipping down a couple of verses. What a miserable person I am. I can't do what I want. I do what I don't want to do. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Am I stuck? Is there no solution? No, no, no. What's he saying? Thank God. Thank God. The, I got, he's got the answer. What is the answer? The answer is in Jesus Christ. We have access to it. So again, we're not successful when we see that goal in the future. I mean, there is success in that. But success can be daily. We are successful when we honor God today. Again, based on your values. If you're a Jesus follower, on scriptural values. Determine why you want to be successful in whatever it is. Based on your values. Allow yourself to to mess up, allow yourself to fail, celebrate your successes, if you will. Learn to love the process. So here's my, uh, what I want to leave with you to kind of work on this week. Where do you want to be more consistent? Make it practical. Where? Financially, health-wise, relationship with your spouse, your kids, your grandkids in my case, um, relationship with God. Uh, at your job, whatever it might be. Where do you want to be more consistent? Got to figure out the why. Why? Why do you answer that way? When you can choose the why, you'll be consistent. Let me pray with you. Uh, Father God, we thank you that you are consistent. We use the word faithful. You're always faithful. You're consistently and God, like Paul, we, uh, we aren't. <laughs> we just aren't. We battle with that sin nature, even though we may have a spiritual nature. But there's predecisions we can make. There's plans we can make. There's things we can set in motion that we can be successful, whatever your life it might be. Especially, God, with you. Whether it be to read through the New Testament in a year or whatever it might be. Spending time with you in prayer, listening to you, talking to you, whatever it might be. We all have areas of our lives that, for me, phys physical therapy is one that kind of are on the on the front burner. They're like right in our face right now. Maybe we're struggling in our marriage. I don't know. Well, focus on that. Maybe you're struggling with your health. Focus on figure out why. This is important to you, to change. And God, we pray, as always, for anyone that's not a Jesus follower. They need your help. They need forgiveness. They need a relationship with you. And you offer your grace. It's a free gift. You love them enough to send your son to die for them, for us, for me. So I'll just accept that gift. Confess my sins. Say, yes, I'm a sinner, God. I've turned away from you. I've turned my back on you. Thank you that you're willing to forgive me and adopt me into your family. That invitation is open to everyone. We pray for my Jesus follower. Today would be the day you'd make that most important decision. Most of us are Jesus followers, God, and, and we, we want to do what you want us to do. We thank you that you forgive us when we do fall short, but we, we can do better. 
So help us not to just see this as an intellectual exercise, but actually to do these things, to put them into practice in our lives, to make our lives better, but more importantly, God, to honor you. These are your values. These are your principles. We thank you for joining us here this morning. Continue to speak to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name.